Welcome to Artist to Artist. Today we have Merchelle Sherman, also known as the Spoon Man, uh, who is a skilled artist, woodworker, musician, and a man who is really just grounded in giving back to his community. It's a pleasure to have him on today so you can learn and we can talk to him about what motivates him and what drives him to use his skills and artistry to make the world around him a better place. So join me as we talk to Michelle. Again, welcome. Well, hey, Michelle, welcome to the podcast. Jim, thank you so much. I'm right here live and in person. I, I really appreciate appreciate you being here, and and I tell you what though, when I was uh, when I was thinking about you know who to ask next to be on the podcast, you know, uh, you, I kept thinking about you and and how many conversations we've had about our art and you know things that you're doing, and it, it is just, and I just thought I had to get you on here to 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 have a, a good conversation with you. I'm excited about it. Um, you know, it's a life that I've uh, been living for quite a while, and um, you know, I've got some things to share and I, and I appreciate being asked. I really do. Yeah. So people around Tallahassee or I don't know, maybe it's just me. I think they call you a lot of times they call you the spoon man, right? When you, when you're, when you're at art shows, is that, is that, is that, am I, am I right on that? Or is that just me calling you the spoon man? Uh, yeah, they, they call me a variety of things and that has certainly become, um, an important identity to me and, uh, I get a kick out of it. So yeah, spoon, spoon man works. That works very well. So you do wood carving, making making spoons and 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 forks, and but you also you're also a, a painter, you're you're a um, a drummer, a drum circle facilitator, all kinds of things. So I know people in Tallahassee, a lot of people in Tallahassee know you, but for the people who have not heard of Michelle Sherman before, um, tell them how you got what what you do and how and how you got into it. Um, Jim, I've been in Tallahassee since 1976, and around 1974, I started and opened up a furniture repair and refinishing business, almost knowing nobody and really not knowing enough to know what I didn't know. But I was young and dumb and ready to go to work. And um, so I'm. I, this is 40-something years later that I've been restoring furniture. I'm not doing it on the level or quantity that I used to do, but I still enjoy it. It's a skill that I have and it's a, you know, it's a, it's a marketable skill. And um, so I'm, I'm doing, I'm still doing furniture repair work in my small shop in uh, Myers commercial park. And Mm -hmm. I'm just working by myself, taking on pretty much one customer, one piece of furniture at a time. And I'm probably happiest in my work than I've ever been. Um, Back in 1999, my twin sister died of cancer, Liddell, oh, and um, it um, altered my life. The, uh, the grief was severe, and um, I struggled for quite a while, and um, a, a lot of things that were just happening in my world at the time was very difficult. I had begun working because I'm a furniture finisher. I was just into finishes, really. I was I I discovered this crackle paint finish that would crack up when you applied it, and I used color. And I discovered through this process the healing power of color and texture. I huh. ordered and purchased a great big load of 
unfinished pieces for manufacturers, small pine pieces, little chests and little tables, what I called accent pieces. Mm -hmm. So I then, you know, after almost not being able to work for almost a year because of the grief, I started working a lot, applying this finish to get it to crack up. I discovered the area of Seaside and Seagrove and Grayton Beach and Rosemary Beach back in 2000. This was in 2000. And uh, someone told me, you need to take your work over there. Well, I found a shop over there, a large gallery called Collaborations. They're they're no longer there. And I started putting the the work in there. And, you know, it it took a month or two for it to get rolling. But the work just started selling. So through 2000, I was back and forth at uh, Seagrove putting this work in the shop. I'd say about 100 to 150 pieces later is what I had produced because I had a you know, finishing shop and I had guys working with me, but I was the one who was uh, producing these pieces. And I kept seeing all the artwork over there. There was a lot of folk art over there. And I knew that I was in a period of change in my life personally. And I began painting on cabinet doors because I had some. And, um, you know, I, and I knew that I didn't know how to paint or draw. So I was, a, I was afraid to make a fish look like a fish or try to look like a fish because I thought, well, I'd, I'll just be the laughing stock. I'll be run out of town, you know, um, or get arrested or something for it. Who knows <laughs> for being a pretender, uh, and a phony and a fraud. So I thought, well, heck, let's just make them striped and polka dotted. Then they can't say it doesn't look like a, a trout or a grouper or something like that. So anyway, I took the work back over to Seagrove and it started selling. So as difficult as the the loss was, um, a lot of miracles came into my life just by putting in this, um, I guess you could say this positive energy and this Uh positive uh, foot forward. So anyway, um, and then I, then, you know, I've, I've known a lot of people in this town through my furniture work. So much to my surprise, people were resp- people that I knew were responding to my artwork and started supporting and promote and, and purchasing the art. And that's the thing that I'm probably the most surprised at, but also really the most grateful for. And um, so anyway, that that's 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 one aspect of my life. And I've been playing a djembe African drum uh, for nearly 30 years. And I've been with different venues and different uh, bands and different types of music and jams and percussion. And it led me to the Tallahassee Senior Center back around 2010, where I was volunteering, leading drum circles there. And it continued on for a few years there. And then I moved around. I, I did some some facilitation in Carabelle. I did some uh, leading in uh, Apalachicola and continued to play with music groups. Um, and then Tallahassee, and the last seven years I've been involved with Abundance Wellness Center here, has really kind of been my home for leading drumming. Um, so drumming is a really big part of my life. I, I don't know that I have any hobbies. I have passions. And when I, when I get into something, I, you know, I'm either going to fall in love with it or I'm not going to do it. And, um, you know, working on furniture and making paintings and, and drumming are, are, are those passions that are an integral part of my life. So that's that that's that's pretty much what I've been up to, and I'm still up to all those things. I don't plan to ever retire. I don't plan to quit. Uh, I may take a break, and I've done that several times, but I just continue to um, to work on. And now I'm into this wood thing. So um, the, the the wood started in 2018. 
I had been, I guess, searching. I didn't know I was searching, but I was listening to a lot of craft programs on YouTube. Uh, craft in America was a public television station um, programs. And I was listening to these craftspeople talk, and there was such a spiritual connection between them and their materials. And I really always felt that way about what I was doing, except I was working very hard to make a business, employ people, and keep customers satisfied, which my philosophy was good business was good craft and good craft was good business and people could call it whatever they wanted to call it. Um, so, um, I, I acquired some really beautiful wood that was all local cherry and walnut from local trees through nice. a shop. And I started making fish out of them. I was cutting and sculpting these fish and making them really beautiful. They were not fun. They were not whimsical. They were not colorful. They were just beautiful pieces of wood, and I have a deep reverence and deep love for nature, trees, and and now wood, um, which I've been working with my entire life since my 20s. And yeah. um, so I had all these cutoffs that I didn't know what to do, but I could not bring myself to throw them away. And um, so I, I saved the pieces in boxes and they're just piling up. And I just started, kept looking at things online. I kept looking at things on YouTube and, and just exploring wood and how wood was used and discovered this whole thing about this spoon making thing. And um, so that's, that's where it started. It was the spring of 2018. And I tell you what, it, it's, it's amazing how intertwined through any type of art that you're doing, there is that spiritual connection. There's that much deeper uh, drive that's, that's making it happen. And that's gotta, yeah. that's gotta manifest itself or present itself through the things that, that you're making, you know, and I, and I've seen the stuff and we're going to, we're going to give people, you know, how they can, how they can see your work as well here in a little bit. But I can, I can tell everybody that I've seen your stuff numerous times and uh it is it's amazing and it's beautiful and it's engaging and it does and it does it does convey in my opinion a a certain calming effect you know a, a, just a happy kind of feeling um i wanted to ask you when you were when, when you uh in your period of grief and when you were getting into your uh your creativity was there a moment for you which you realized that where was that epiphany or where was that moment that you said, this is really, this is really helping me? I could just feel it because one of the malfunctions uh, that I was going through with the grief was a loss of color vision. Huh. I felt like I had on a very dark shade of glass sunglasses that I could not take off. So it, as, as, as I began to heal and time started to take hold and I was seeking therapy at the time. So I was doing everything I, I, I could possibly do to get well. Um, color came back into my vision in a different way. And twin loss is gr grief and loss is a, is a rough road for, for most everyone. Uh, twin loss has its own complications because of what, smart people say and, and people who research such things say that it's from um, the utero bonding. So here's these fetuses in this, in this womb that are crammed up together that are so connected in so many ways. And right. we, and, and uh, uh, in multiple births, people realize that um, 
that um, th- there's just that there's just that connection there. Usually weeks after their uh, conception. Like I say, these are people that research it, but that's that's truly what I felt. So it's very complicated. So as color started coming back into my vision, and I started working with this stuff, and and I'm a, I'm a you know I, I I really have worked to please people with the work that I did, whatever it was, and even now. So when people started to respond to it, that was the you know that was the that was the elevating part of it. That was the inspiring, motivating part of it. Um, and, 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 and I'm still surprised at all of it to tell you the truth even now, but I'm, I'm just surprised and, um, I feel very, um, very, very fortunate. Again, I want to give credit to this town of Tallahassee that people that I know have responded to pretty much whatever I've wanted to do and helped to encourage me and help to support me for, for all these years in so many ways. So as far as an an epiphany, it seems like I have epiphanies about every other week. (laughs) There's not one, there was not a one moment. And uh, when I do an event and I hear stories and I watch things uh, with my, with whatever work I had and responses from people, you know, there's an epiphany right there. There's epiphany and a miracle waiting for me right there. So, yeah. Yeah. I think it's I think it's so cool too that literally the art has because of because your vision was affected by your grief, art literally brought color back into your life. You know? It changed my life. It it changed my life. So if I went through periods where things weren't selling or somebody might criticize it, it just did not phase me. Um yeah. it saved my life so there, you know. Yeah. This is so this is so terribly uh, personal, but I, I continued to change my artwork, going from paintings on cabinet doors to finding materials on the side of the road and visit my visits to the beach at Alligator Point and bringing this junk home with covered with paint and dirt and clean this stuff up and then make bonefish out of them or flowers or houses or painting on louvers. So every few years it appears without you know me being terribly conscious of it. I just was inspired by something else. And I feel like the journey that I'm on, I've, I, it took me a while to finally sort of accept the journey, the muse, and to make peace with the inspiration. But really, all of that is totally lovely, wonderful, and very airy. But really, work is what art is, as you well know. Yes. It's, it's, it's getting up and getting to the canvas, getting to my shop, getting to my bandsaw, but it's, it's work. It's not a, it, it, it's a thought process is beautiful and wonderful. And it begins there with intention, but it's really work. It's sweat. It's work. It's being tired from doing it for so long. And then hoping that, you know, you get some rest and someone will respond to these things tomorrow. But yeah. it's, it's really, it's really about work. And I, I have a work ethic and I, and I, and, and, and love going to my shop and love working. Yeah, I can tell. Yeah, I can. I can certainly agree. I think I've been more dirty more often doing art than anything else I've ever done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Um, you know, yeah. it's just you a may- concept. Unless, it's just a concept unless you put that. Unless you get dirty. <laughs> yeah, it's, exactly. It's just a concept. And, and I've met people like that along the way. Um, it's it's been quite a journey. It's been, been been an adventure and a journey. And as far as I know, the journey continues. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned uh, drum circles, and uh, so some some folks listening 
might not know what they are, but a drum circle is more than people getting together and playing drums together. There's a real healing element to that too. And I know I've known people that's participated in drum circles, I believe yeah. with you as well. Can you kind of let people know what that, what drum circles are all about? Drum circles is, um, and then you, you've got a couple of different varieties. You've got facilitated drum circles, which is what I did. And then you've got kind of open drum circle jams, which I also do with people. And with the facilitated, I'm providing drums. I have, uh, oh, I don't know how many's in this home of mine, but quite a number um, as a collector. But also I wasn't just collecting them to, to, to own more. I was collecting them to be able to share these drums. So what we did, let's say at Abundance Wellness Center, I would have an event on a Saturday morning, uh, primarily for just a few months of the year. And, you know, I set the drums up, but I have a program and a plan and I, and I have a program that I've developed to get people to play together. And, uh, we, we, you know, we, we just call it drumming for fun. There's all different kind of cultural drummings and I've taken sessions and lessons and workshops and direction in that, but this is not cultural drumming, although it is that I, I just don't say that that's what it is. But anyway, so we're, we're sitting in a drum circle facilitated. And so I'm the leader. So I'm leading these rhythms. And I start at ground zero of just getting people to hit that drum, to get the feel of what that drum feels like. Then we start putting rhythms together. Coordination can be learned and it can be taught and it can be practiced and it can be improved upon. And I can tell you that in about 20 minutes of working with people like this, I've got them jamming after that. I've got them free falling and free flowing through those drums. So, yes, we are playing different rhythms, different patterns together. And when you do that, you are hitting a, an inside part of your, your heart rate and your heartbeat. When you get close to your heartbeat, things start to happen. And it, there, there's a euphoria that can happen, and it still happens to me. And these drums can be played all by yourself. And I go to the park at Tom Brown and will play a little bit by myself just to get my chops up, but really they're designed to be played together with people. And I love leading and I love just playing with other people. But uh, with that kind of harmonic kind of um, energy and strength, um, you know, they, when I started all this drumming 28 years ago, they wasn't all this research. Well, you know, it's one of those things that people started to research that it lowers blood pressure. It builds immunity. It's, it's, it, it, it connects to you in a cognitive way. So when people leave my sessions there and, and, and I'm one of them, we're almost giddy. Like we're almost just really kind of happy. And I always tell them that whatever kind of junk they came in, in their brain between their ears, when they got there in about 20 or 30 minutes, they won't remember what they were worried about when they came there. And, and I, I joke with them at the end, I'll go, so what were you thinking about when you came in? And they just laugh. They, they can't, they can't remember. And I can't either. <laughs> it's a profound, it's a, it's a powerful, uh, it's, 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 it's pretty powerful. And um, I, I'm happy to have, have met so many wonderful people in this town and in this area uh, to play for and play with. So I've, yeah. I've, done, it, I've done a lot. So, well, yes. That, well, thank you for sharing that. Cause I think people right now are looking for ways to deal with this, the stress that they're going through with the pandemic and everything else going on in the world to have another resource for them yeah. to, you know, and that's, that's, that's not going to cost them an arm and a leg either is a, you know, especially because people are losing their jobs and they don't have the money to, to spend on, on, on care. 
I think that's a great resource. And I really appreciate you sharing that with everybody. Well, you know, I've met people at, at the market. I, I meet people all the time about music and, and I'm, I always tell them if music is in your life, whether it's a drum or a guitar or ukulele or violin or whatever flute, you, you know, you, you have what you need in your hands to help you get through this, whatever this is. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it also makes for a very rich life. It's made for a very rich life for me. And, um, you know, we're, we're doing a little bit of gathering, but not a lot to drum with, with some friends of mine and we're spaced out and from each other. And we're, 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 we're conscious and aware of, of, uh, of not being close, but, but music like art has that ability to get you through life, you know? And, um, so yeah, it, it is a, it, 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 it is healing and, um, and it will, and it's a distraction. <laughs> so, and I think a lot of times what we need is not focus. We need distraction and art and music can actually, a lot of times provide both of those, which are also very healing to help you rest. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Let me switch gears back to the spoons because there's probably some artists out there too, or people looking to get into something like this is uh, on the technical aspect. How do you make, how do you, how do you make one of these spoons? Take us through the process. How's that work? There's a variety of ways that people do it, and a lot. Some of it is hand carved. Mine are partly hand carved, but I'm using electric tools. I start with a chisel. I start with chisels to get that. You got to get that scoop in there. You got, it's not a spoon if it doesn't have a scoop. So you've got to have that scoop in there. With and I use chisels by hand with a hammer, mm -hmm. and which is actually my favorite part of the whole process. And then I take it to an electric bandsaw and sculpt it is sculpture so i sculpt as sculptors say i cut everything away that's not the spoon mm -hmm. and then i have electric sanders several and start to sand and fine tune this and smooth this out there's a step-by-step -step process in any kind of wood anything really but in any kind of wood sculpture or wood piece or cabinet making or furniture you, you can't skip those steps you have to stay on those steps to get that piece completed to your satisfaction so and then I, I, all my work is hand finished with uh, mineral oil and carnauba and beeswax. It's a very tactile experience for me, and I'm extremely tactile, and I always have been. So this may be the most tactile thing I've ever done. I think it's why it suits me so, so well. And when people look at it and feel it, that they're feeling that energy. They're feeling that smoothness. They're, and that wood did not just suddenly become that. It became that because I worked it and loved on it and smoothed it out and oiled it to this kind of um, perfection that I'm, I'm aiming for. So that's, that's how it's done. And I've now made a few hundred of them in the last <laughs> two and a half years. Um, and I, I do make other things. I've, I branched into, I had spatulas and spoons primarily. Um, and then I moved on into making some bowls and also serving boards, what they call charcuterie boards. So I'm into, instead of saying I'm just a spoon maker, I'm a woodworker. And I really kind of prefer that term. That kind of opens me up. And one of the more interesting things that occurred, uh, people give me ideas. People want to talk about things. And they, they give me ideas. I'm real careful to listen. And one of the things that was shown me was an oven squirrel. <laughs> an oven yeah. squirrel yeah. is cut out of wood. It's used to open. It's made of wood. And it's, uh, it's in the shape of a, of a squirrel with a long tail. And it, it's used to open and shut um, 
the racks from hot ovens. And I want to tell you, they've been a, I, I, they've been a real hot item. It's been, it's been hilarious. And I never thought I'd be doing something like that, but you know, if there was a demand for it and I, and I felt inspired by it. Um, but I, but I've sold quite a number of oven squirrels. Um, so anyway, this is all in my inventory when, uh, when I show work. So. I, I told I, I showed a, a picture of one of your oven squirrels to my wife Connie, and I said, "You know what that is, you know." And people aren't people aren't sure what they are, or they they don't know what they are when they first see them. But then when you explain uh-huh. to them this is what it does, it's like, "Yeah, that that makes perfect sense." And and then they say they need one, which by the way, I'm going to get one from you here because you just remember. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I've heard I've I've seen people with surprise, and I and it's it's just been a lot of. Um, it's been a lot of it's been a lot of fun. So yeah. it, it goes out and showing them on Facebook. And, and that's where I've heard from a lot of people, uh, particularly because I didn't start making those till about two or three months ago. I think. Uh, so. So it's been very um, it's very interesting. Yeah. I mean, and, and I saw what you did there, too, uh, when you said they're a really hot item. Of course, I went right to my right to right to the thought of a pun there. Of course, they're a hot item. Right. They take stuff out of an oven. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> True, true enough. So, you know, s- some of us are lucky enough to create something that people really want. I think it's kind of rare and you know, you can't really plan it. And next year they'll be dead in the water. And there's another pun for you. But, um, <laughs> you know, they, you just never you, you never know. Nothing seems to last forever. But, uh, you know, I'll keep working at it as long as people want me to. Yeah. So. Well, you got at least one more coming for coming for me. Oh, so, oh there you go. Good. <laughs> Great. Great. I'll say I'll put your name on one. Oh, perfect. Um, hey, so you, so I'm sure people now we've talked about your your beautiful work of all kinds. And I'm sure by now people are kind of like, OK, great. I'm hearing all this. I want to see it. So you have an Etsy store, right, called Three Chisel Woodwork, right? I do. Three Chisels Woodwork is on at Etsy.com. And I started that in April and I've made sales off of it and I've got items there, but I also need now to add more items to it. Um, I, I do. I also, my shop, I, I guess I've mentioned it is in Myers Commercial Park, which is off of beautiful Family Way, which, uh, you know, has been restored and lovely. It runs in between South Adams and Railroad Avenue. Mm-hmm. Um so my my workshop is there. I'm right near the sidewalk, right near the street where I where I you know work on furniture and work on this wood. And I have had three pop up uh, shows and sales there in the past few months, and I plan to have some more. And if people want to find out more about that, they can tap into Michelle Sherman on Facebook because I'm going to invite them and and promote it and show that I'm having it. I not exactly certain when I'll be doing it again, but I'll I'll probably have two or three more before uh, before the holidays end uh, because the spoons have been a very popular gift purchased item for people to give. And um, I did a show this past weekend with the farm tour at Millstone. It turned out well. I'm not sure if I have any more outside shows coming. I, I just don't know at this point. So anyway, they can find me through Etsy. They can find me through Facebook. And they can find me through a pop-up show there at uh, at Myers Commercial Park. So cool. Um, so what was it? Was there a um, uh, an inspiration to call your Etsy store Three Chisels Woodwork? Was it what's the what's the what's the uh, what's what's the source of the name? 
I was watching the program at the first of the year, uh, the Ken Burns program, and he did on country music on public television. Uh-huh. And I, and it was just a fabulous program. Uh, and I'm sure a lot of people have seen it. But there was an episode called Three Chords in the Truth. And and it was just it was like just taking the simplest of, of chords and the, and tell the truth and play. And all I could think of was this is what these spoons are to me. They are they are uh, they're they're the truth. I'm I'm doing it sincerely and with intention. And um, you know, I'm like a lot of people that 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 buy tools and Lots of paintbrushes. I bet you have a lot of paintbrushes, too. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> and there's probably only a handful that you actually really use most of the time. That's right. And so here's all these beautiful, expensive chisels that I ordered, and I cherished each and every one of them and couldn't wait for them to arrive and try them out. But really, it boiled down to about three chisels and mostly one <laughs> that I really use. So I thought, you know, it's, it, it's, it's, it's this, that's the beginning of the spoon making or the bowl making is to use the chisels. In the, so that's where the three chisels woodwork came from. That was, that was the beginning. I love that. I love that. And you're so right, too. I have like one paintbrush that I'm just waiting for the bristles to fall out of because, you know, it's my favorite and I use it for everything. And I'm not, I don't know what I'm going to do when it finally kicks the bucket, you know, <laughs> it became, it became you and it became, it became your go-to brush. It answered, it answered a lot of your questions, you yeah. know, it answered. You know? Yeah. And when you I, find, I get that. And when you find that particular tool too, it, 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 it marks itself on your work. I mean, it comes through your work. So what I'm afraid of is when that, you know, when that brush goes, my work's going to change because that brush has a particular feel and a particular application. So it's got to mm-hmm. be the same with that favorite chisel you have too, you know? Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. That is, that is all true. I love what I'm doing. I, it is a, a wood love kind of thing that I, a relationship that I have going on. Every piece is different. And like we said at the beginning, these are local woods. This is from North Florida and South Georgia lumber because I have sources in, in a, a mill or two with guys in their backyards that have a portable mill that are cutting these things. The connection is really to Tallahassee. It really is a connection to me in Tallahassee. It's, it's a love affair for sure. Well, I, well, I love that. Um, so I want to remind everybody, you can find Rochelle Sherman's spoons and spatulas and oven squirrels and other artwork at three chisels woodwork at on etsy and also at your at your studio in in the myers uh myers park is it myers park industrial park is that it myers commercial park myers commercial park go see uh michelle sherman and go to his pop-ups um Marcel, thank you so much for, for being on today. I, I found this conversation to be fascinating, and I know other people are going to find it just really, really cool to, to hear about what the impetus was for you to to create and your, and your creations, and they've got to go see your stuff. They've got to see this because I've seen it in person. It is, it, it's more beautiful than what you can describe, and I really encourage people to take a moment and, and look at your stuff. So I really appreciate you being on. Thank you, Jim. And I, I appreciate you too. And when people say how beautiful they are, I just tell them it, it's a wood thing. It is really, it's about that wood and I'm just trying to shape it and sculpt it to get it to be useful and, and beautiful all at the same time. So thank you very much. My pleasure. You bet. We'll be talking, we'll be talking offline here. I'm sure pretty soon. So you take care, sir. And I'll talk to you later. Okay, buddy. See all you right. soon. 
What a great conversation with Michelle. I'm glad you could join us today to, to join our conversation and uh, just learn about what he's doing with his art and his, his craftsmanship. It is just really uh, impactful to the community, and you can see how healing art can be. So again, thanks for joining us. If you'd like to contact me uh, here at Artist to Artist, you can reach me at jimrussellart at gmail.com. Or you can uh, reach me at my website, jimrussellart.com. Again, thanks for joining us. And come back every Friday evening for the next episode. So take care, and we'll see you next time.